Lucy. Lucy. Yeah, she doesn't yeah. give a fuck. She doesn't, or she doesn't care. Or she's like, they think I'm deaf and I don't give a fuck. Yeah, because she's old. She's 13. So, oh, really? She's yeah. 13. Yeah, she's an old lady. So she's like real cranky. We're like an old married couple where I just, um, we hate each other. Like tremendously, but like that's my bitch. Like we love, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Like no one could come between me and my dog, but also fuck this bitch. <laughs> she's so annoying. Like she's actually trying to like kill me. She's cute though. Yeah, that's the problem is that she knows she's cute. That's how dogs are. She'll like she's been she's even been coming in the bathroom, which she normally doesn't do. And uh, we'll like stand behind me. I won't even hear her come in. And then like I'll like I've almost fallen like three times. Oh my god! Same thing with Dahlia. She waits outside the bathroom for me. She has to be next to you in the kitchen. She'll stand behind you, and you're not paying attention. You back up. You're done. Yeah, it's so well. She's learned to not go in the kitchen um, while I'm cooking. And normally, like she'll just she'll stay in like the bedroom area when I'm in the bathroom. But every once in a while, I'd be like, Jesus fucking Christ! Like I've knocked my head. It's been great. Anyways, hi everyone. This is the How Did You Drugs podcast this i'm Aliyah janine <laughs> brandon truso hello how are you sir i'm well i'm well i'm well i'm just getting used to things getting back to a little bit of normal yeah right yeah it's been kind of nice to see yep um yeah the summer was slow and steady and now the winter kind of seems more normal yeah. we had that little bit of omicron break which was like it's back again and Everyone got it, and everyone was. It's like, like the Backstreet Boys. Back yeah, Street that's what it felt like. Again, uh, <laughs> <laughs> almost like uh, here we fucking go again. I didn't even boys. know about that because I stopped watching the news after Donald Trump uh, got out of office because um, the news is boring now. Terrible. Uh, the news was very funny. I yeah. mean, devastating and terrifying, but also hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I think I, just like you, I'm sure everyone got caught up in it because we were all home. Yeah, when there was nothing was else closed, to do. I was like CNN every day. I was, com- you know, comparing it with Fox News. Just yeah. Kind of like, you know, and we were all writing. All comics were writing about that stuff. It got to be depressing. It, it really is. Social media got depressing. Like, I like don't I, I share things to Facebook now still, but I don't go and check it like i used to because of the panic because it's just got like yeah or there's people i hate now because of it. so like people that you used to love and then and then yeah. you see who they really are right. or, or their online persona and yes. you're like fuck this person yeah i have yeah. a lot of you know i have a lot of like right-winged relatives and stuff like my stepdad voted for trump and stuff like that and my mom like she's always been like a hippie liberal sure. pot smoking kind of lady and then she had posted some shit and i'm like i'm just gonna unfriend my mom right now it was, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was such a stressful thing to deal with too it's just like because it's like you want like at some level like when you even just put like any politics aside it's mm-hmm. like the humanity of it and like the yeah. compassion like a lot of that with people just like went right out the window yeah like humanity in general uh, right. like just like caring for other people like right. i hate people sure like i hate people hate in people general sometimes. but like i don't want a bunch of people to die you know right. i mean of course i mean i kind of do but also i do <laughs> you know what i mean like it's a i know exactly it's a catch-22 i do <laughs> with that now over because over my quarantine, I had a lot of fun because I did a tremendous amount of drugs. Cause that's good for you. Yeah, lots of acid, lots of DMT. Oh, by yourself, huh? Uh, sometimes, yeah, I did a lot with uh, you know, Duckett. Me and Duckett are buddies again. Um, but yeah, over quarantine, we were disgusting. Hey, that's okay. Duck, yeah, Phil's the one who was like, "Yeah, do Aaliyah's podcast." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'd love to. I would love to. It's like opposite ends of the spectrum, though. I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, because you're sober. Yeah, six, uh, six and a half years. July fifteenth, uh, July twelfth, two thousand fifteen. Nice. Yeah. Um, so let's start from the beginning. Uh, when did you start using, and what did you start using? Oh, geez. Well, I mean, I think it starts for everybody. Kind of. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but it starts for everybody kind of the same way. It was just like I was a bartender. Okay. So you know, my family owned a restaurant. I bartended in the industry. It was always kind of just like around, like you know, cocaine was always around, mm-hmm. like drinking was just part of the job you know and then when you're up late you're using to kind of drink mm-hmm. you're you know to you bounce back the next day you're using stuff and that was kind of i mean it went that way from like maybe like my early 20s and that's i think the first thing i got addicted to was the lifestyle yeah especially you know? bartending right yeah. right you know you're just up late it's a different kind of uh it's a different time schedule you make anybody's. cash and you get a lot of it right <laughs> society's working nine to five and you're like you know hanging out and chilling during the day and then you're working at night mm-hmm. you know so i got addicted to that first and then uh you know then 
I think I kind of just cruised through my 20s and I don't I didn't looking back I don't really think it was like a problem I think it was just like growing up mm-hmm. but for when it became a problem to me is like um when I got into the opiates yeah that was the problem for me what made you uh try opiates well it was kind of an accident like when i was uh when i was younger my wisdom teeth were coming in okay and uh i had a uh issue with them i went to go see my doc my dentist and he's like i was i was just getting a routine cleaning he's like your wisdom teeth are coming in but you know you don't have to get them out and i was like good because i was terrified of it Mm -hmm. my wisdom teeth out that's scary so like he prescribed um he's like just take motrin it'll help you know and so I remember just being like every other like couple months, one side would bother me for a few days because they were coming in. And oh, yeah. The well, they side, come in and then they go down and then they come in like yo, wisdom teeth are brutal. Such a pain. <laughs> it was such a pain in the ass. Like it really was. It was so annoying. And I remember one night it was like just like really nagging at me. I had something to do in the morning. I couldn't sleep. And I remembered I had Lortab's Vicodin. Okay. Same fucking thing. Yeah. Uh, in my um drawer i don't know why i kept them you know what i'm saying i just had i always keep like yeah. drugs like but that. I, never, I never used them i, I, I had like them. a minor surgery mm-hmm. like you know like a year before and i had those there and i you know I didn't, I didn't abuse them i used them as prescribed when i had them but i was like the motrin wasn't working so i was like oh let me take maybe a half of one of those and i remember it was maybe like three in the morning when i took it mm-hmm. and i wasn't drinking or anything like that it was just like a normal night and i took it and i went went knocked my pain out and i remember i went right to sleep but when I woke up in the morning, I woke up with that euphoric feeling. Oh, okay. And I just, I'll always remember that like, that was the first thing. And like, that didn't even like spark it for me, but I remember that kind of implanted the seed in my brain. Mm-hmm. And then what ended up happening after that is we went out one night and I, my wisdom tooth was, bo- wisdom tooth was bothering me and I ended up taking one before I went out and I forgot I took it and I was drinking mm-hmm. and I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> And then it was kind of like, you know, there was years in between there. I think I was maybe like around like 22 when that happened. And then, you know, that was around the time where my parents were getting a divorce. And I remember I could I I started using it to cope. Mm -hmm. Hey, I just want to feel good. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I would just and that kind of started the romance cycle of it because that's what addiction is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Romancing something and then always looking for that first high, that first euphoric you're teaching yourself and your brain. You're rewiring it to instead of dealing with this emotion, I'm going to start doing this. Mm -hmm. And that's the shit I started doing. And then it just became like, you know, I need I was my your tolerance goes up. Yeah. And then you're hungover from drinking and you're mixing then I started mixing with coke and all that and it was just like this downward spiral and then I got into using uh, someone sh- introduced oxys to me Ooh. and which is basically the same thing but just stronger yeah. and then when oxys became expensive my buddy's like hey you should just try heroin it's the same thing <laughs> really? and I was like oh cool <laughs> all right and it's like but that when I heard I think when I heard that in my mind I was like okay like the addict part of me was like yeah it's cheaper just do it you know mm-hmm. and then the part of me that was like you shouldn't be you know you, you're fucking going down a bad path here yeah like, like heroin heroin, heroin is always right. like anytime you hear that you're like oh no that's real bad and people i tell people this all the time i'm like mm-hmm. it's the same thing mm-hmm. you could cr- I, I never shot it i you know god thank god i never ended up going down that path yeah. i would always start it not too much better i mean it still does the same thing to you but like i would tell people like you can crush up a vicodin and oxy you know right whether the amount or the strength and do a line of that and do a line of heroin and it is the same exact yeah. effect. you could shoot oxys uh, yeah yeah well they'll liquefy yeah, it or whatever you, people do that stuff and it's just, you know it's the same thing so I'm, I'm not saying like heroin does heroin is a stigma but it's like you know big pharma is yeah well i mean all those drugs are a derivative exactly. of of heroin yeah, yeah. So which is um always terrifying. Right. But also that's why I've never I never liked downers. I've never been a downer type yeah. person. Every once in a while, like I'll fuck with them and be like, Oh yeah, I never I le- never really got into that. Even with yeah. the euphoric feeling, like when I got my surgery. Right. Um those happens usually. Those were the best. I was like, yo, yeah. this is fun. Like I got it. And I was like, but at the same time I'm like, I don't like feeling that kind of fucked up, if that makes sense. Like it felt nice, but at the same time, I was like, I like just I'd never like like I've always loved uppers. I yeah. love like hallucinogenics. I've right. always liked that kind of stuff. Like just being laid out. I and never into the hallucinogenics. We did mushrooms one time. Yeah, 
in the midst of all of this. I did mushrooms one time. I remember we took them and like, of course, everyone has the same story. The one time they did mushrooms. I've done them a couple times. But the yeah. first, the one time that, <laughs> that one time. Yeah. yeah. We were like, oh, we're just going to go chill at this house. It was a Halloween night, which was like not a good idea. <laughs> and I remember I ate like two stems and I'm just like, mm, I don't really feel anything. And my boy's like, we'll eat more. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, we'll eat more. So I like ate, just ate the rest of the bag. And I don't remember, like, I, I think maybe it was probably like an hour that went by, but it felt like five. Yeah. Yeah. Time is different when you're shrooming. Sitting in my buddy's house and like, he's like, we had like two, two girls with us. I think it was his, one, his girlfriend, her friend and a couple other people. And I'm like, where did Joe go? <laughs> and I'm just like sitting there like, and he's like, I hear him, but like, I'm like not comprehending what he's doing. And I hear all this noise in the kitchen and all he came out of the kitchen and he had just like. I'm not joking. He had peanut butter smeared all <laughs> over his chest and he was carrying out a bag of Wonder Bread and he's like, I'm making sandwiches in there. And I'm like, this is too crazy for me. Like, I need the I guess I need harder drugs like this is natural. Just give me something that's not going to make me feel this way. So he was the sandwich. He was the peanut butter. I sandwich? think so. I, or where you take the bread and like wipe it off of him. I don't and know then what he was doing. I just knew that there was peanut butter all over him. And I'm like, this is definitely not a situation I want to be involved in anymore. And I went home really fucked up because I ate so many. Yeah. And I remember laying in bed and I, my, uh, I had like um, pattern sheets. They were like uh, plaid sheets. They were and moving a little swirling bit. swirling and I was like, I fucking hate this. <laughs> oh, I hate no. this. <laughs> you know, I was just like never. And like that was, I wouldn't say it was like a bad trip. Yeah. But it was a trip enough to be like, mm, I don't know. No, just, not for just you. Give me with, just stick with the cocaine and the pills instead of this. This is just too... Yeah, too see, natural. Too natural. <laughs> see, I've always like I'll see stuff when I take hallucinogenics, but um, like I've talked about it before, but like I'm phenomenal at driving like while on acid or mushrooms. It's like one of my favorite things to fucking do because like I'm like I'm hyper focused. So funny to me. Like, like I can't drink and drive anymore. Like I used to be able to. I was very, very good at that. Oh yeah, so was I. Yeah, Buffalo, Wisconsin, very yeah, similar. Yeah, very similar with that mentality. But yeah, now abs- Like I, I could drink three beers and I'm fucking hammered, which is yeah. insane. But also, like I am a way cheaper date, and it is just better health. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you drive on acid. How would you? I'd be like, yo. Yeah, I kind of learned how to drive on drugs. That I'd be like, w- stop. The There's a fucking dragon in the middle of the street. <laughs> <laughs> I've never. The only time I've ever seen anything like a hallucinogenic li- li- like that, li- yeah. like something that would pop out like that, a hallucination, um, was when I was on meth for three days. Yeah, because yeah, your brain, you know, yeah. you, it's lacking sleep and stuff. So I've talked about it before, but I saw um, I was driving and it was like just these giant dudes in like the old school black and white, like prison striped um outfits or whatever like rolling a red ball towards me and so i just pulled over was with my friend brenda i'm like you're gonna have to drive now and whenever i say i couldn't drive people were like oh she is fucked up oh yeah because yeah. i was the driver i was who is oh, yeah. the driver so she took over and then like when she was driving i look over and then there's like a ginormous energizer bunny just cruising along with us and you i remember that shit too. yeah 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 and then dmt dmt i saw some pretty cool shit too but yeah i never saw it i don't know if it's because like i do have such like a control controlling like type of personality that i think it's also too like i mean i had an experience like that with ecstasy because i did a lot of ecstasy when i was ecstasy younger was great. Like, that was like yeah. my I, I forget we've talked about that ecstasy was my first like real step drug to the drug re- world Wait, like, were you still a kid when you did that yeah like 19 20, okay so you I never started. did anything like when you're in high school try mm-hmm. anything no i start well I, you're no i s- tried ecstasy in high school okay so, yeah, that was my first step into the hard drug world. But I remember back then mm-hmm. I gave up E back then because, you know, it, I got scared because yeah. of, you know, you re- they were like, it can burn holes in your brain. And it all also makes you real depressed afterwards because yeah, all your serotonin. Yeah. But like I was drinking and stuff back then. I was just being a typical like rebellious teenage teenager, you mm-hmm. know, and like like I said, like. Or back then, like, you know, I was using with friends and stuff, you know, I would didn't want to be home like my parents were going through it. And that's kind of the reason why I started to, like, venture off and do my own thing. My sister was home a lot. I was like, I don't want to deal with the shit. Yeah, I'm going to do my own thing. But like, yeah, I mean, I should be in j- like I should have been in jail over and over again when I was younger. I would drive fucked up all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I learned how to drive was fucked up. Like going to Chicago's, uh, Chicago, (laughs) Chicago's, the multiple Chicago's, going to raves in Chicago. Oh, yeah, raves. Just driving back and forth. Have you ever 
been a raver? Were you a raver? Worked raver? in a club <laughs> back in the day, ironically called Club E. <laughs> <laughs> I love like it. Like they weren't hiding anything. Yeah. Right? Like it was, <laughs> and it was lit- it was a nightclub, loud music. Like you couldn't hear everybody. Everything was served in a plastic cup. You wouldn't make any fucking money because everyone was drinking water and orange uh, juice. Yeah, and just being cheap. And just yeah, and everyone was just fucking on nine pills of E. And like you know, it was just like, and I worked in that atmosphere for a couple years, and that was I just like. That whole like thing turned me off to to that drug. That makes sense. Yeah, that, you see a bunch of people seeing people yeah. fucked up. I mean, now like looking back, like even when I see people today being sober for six and a half years, I see mm-hmm. people fucked up, and it's like always reminds me. It takes you back to that time yeah. you were like that, mm-hmm. and be like, oh god, did I look like that? Was I that big of a disaster? <laughs> I see people now like leaving like down here and like getting in cars and driving. And I'm like, holy shit! Like, what are you doing? And like, I'm like. I'm like I can't throw stones in yeah. a glass house. Like I remember one time I was with my buddy. Um, my f- my family owns a restaurant. My uncle owns a restaurant mm-hmm. in Buffalo, and uh, I was the manager of it. And I remember like our, we had a routine. Like we would leave. I'll meet you at this bar. Let's go grab an eight ball. Let's let's hang out. You know what I mean? And then we'll th- see where the night takes us. Yeah. My uncle was calling me. He's like, "You left the fucking door open. The alarm's going off. You have to go back <laughs> to the restaurant." Yeah. And I'm like, all right, like, so uh, the the chef of our restaurant and myself, like, we get in my car, and I had, like, a, it was, like, the first time I had, like, a really nice car. I had, like, a Cadillac CTS. Nice. And I hop in the car, and he's in the front seat, and he's got a, you know, the CD case on his leg. Oh, he's chop- my God, yeah. He dumps the whole gram out on the CD case. <laughs> he's chopping it up, and I'm going, like, and I, we want to get to the next place, and mm-hmm. it's not that far. It's maybe, like, I don't know, like, a mile away. Yeah. And I'm flying down the side street. I'm going like 85 miles an hour to 35, like just to get there and get the alarm turned off and like whatever. And he's like chopping up the coke and whatever. And the lights go on behind us. Oh. And I was like, I just turned. I was like, yo, you got to fucking do all that right now. Just right. do it all. And he <laughs> fumbling with my trying to find my ID, like whatever. The cop comes up. I like roll down the window and I'm like, officer. And he cuts me off. He rips my ID out of my hand, just fucking throws it on the ground. And he's like, Truso, what the fuck do you think you're doing? And I'm like, oh, and I knew the cop. Oh, God. And I'm like, I'm sorry. We're just going back. He's like, I don't give a fuck. He's like, you're going 85 miles an hour in a 35 in a thirty five mile an hour. He's like, are you fucking crazy? He's like, if I didn't know your uncle, you'd be in fucking jail right now. And he like leaves. And I'm like sitting there and I'm like just staring at the street. And heart like, pounding. My heart's <laughs> pounding. And I turn to my buddy and he like is holding this. No, like. Anybody that doesn't even know what cocaine is would knew what this guy was doing cocaine. He just had it all over his face. He's holding the CD case, and he's like, I am so fucked up right now, right? And all I could say at the moment, I was like, well, you, you owe me half Have still. Uh- <laughs> you still owe me half for that fucking eight ball. <laughs> that reminds me that's of the movie Super Troopers. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, yeah. Where the kid's in the back, and he's like, you ate about like a... Yeah. <laughs> ate the shrooms and like a diamond he's like hell yeah he's like so i'm gonna need that yeah, book right, 35 right. because that's the only thing i thought of like not like hey i should probably maybe get my friend to the hospital or right <laughs> but i was like yeah i mean like i just we just spent a lot of money on that and you did it all and everything's fine like, right you know? and we're fine that's yeah his heart had to be he oh. was good. I think uh, we ended up going. So if I remember correctly, we ended up going somewhere else, and someone gave him a half a Xanax, which is totally smart, self-medicating. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, if you get too coke. high, you get you need a little bit of a downer. Yeah. So, but that's where I learned that. I learned to do that because that was my main issue towards the end. Was like I was like, like I had a really good job, mm-hmm. you know, towards like like in the the midst of my addiction, like you know my my early thirties really good job i was working for porsche the car company and i had you know i had to be there every morning but i was like my routine in the morning i was waking up i would do two lines of coke and i would do a line of oxy oh and i would that would be my morning like that was my morning coffee and yeah i was like wasn't that expensive i was like but i was making like so much yeah when you're making that much money it was it was i would go to work i would be there i would literally take like hundred thousand hour cars like during the middle of the day if my dealer had pills and go pick it up in the middle of the hood he said to me one time he's like you need to stop fucking bringing (gasps) right these cars you're bringing attention to fucking crazy (laughs) i'm like yeah i think so i'm yeah and that i mean that stuff you just don't care you really don't you don't care you'd have have people waiting for me like hey i'm here like at the dealership like waiting for you and i'm like oh sorry i'm just down in the city picking up fucking 
fucking oxycontin. Oxy, I'll be back, I'll be back to you, want one? <laughs> I got away with that for the first couple of years, and then and then like you know I I had to clean. I knew I had to clean up. I knew I had to. Like you know I had a you know my younger sister who I'm like really close with. She mm-hmm. she was a licensed mental health counselor. She's like you need to get your shit together. Oh, so she kind of she saw the signs. Did your family know at all that you were using? Well, I got into some trouble with uh, debt to drug dealers. Um, <laughs> I was like maybe you like sound like my dad. Yeah, it was like maybe like ten or fifteen thousand dollars in debt or something. That's a lot of drugs, Brandon. <laughs> I, know. I know. Well, what I'd be able to do is like I had like credit going. Like I'd be like able to get some and like yeah, I'll get you back. And I had that going with like three different people, and they knew I made good. Yeah, they knew. You know what and I'm saying. And you're a regular customer. And a regular customer, and it just got to be. It got to be a point where I was like, I can't. My back was against the wall. Plus, I wanted to stop. Yeah, that's a huge difference. Yeah, like you, you actually to have to want to stop. Like right. you can't have other people telling you you should stop. To be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you actually have to want so to. So the better. first time I like made like that, well, I got arrested. Oh, I got arrested. Uh, Did you have drugs on you? Yeah, I had fifty pills of of uh, oxys that weren't yours. And I'll tell you right now that cop, those cops that arrested me, looking back, saved my life. Because they, I picked up my dealer. He's like, yo, I have to go to the hospital because someone he knew his daughter was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And he's like, can you drop me off there? So I dropped him off. As soon as I dropped him off, like he gets, he's stepping out of the car. They pull us over. And he's, and the guy's like, uh, they come right to the car. He's like, we, st- we smell weed. Oh, I've had that. Had yeah, that yeah, yeah. Like, oh, we don't have any weed on us. He's like, where are you going? I was like, I'm dropping my friend off at the hospital. He's like, what's your friend's last name? And I was like, in my head, I'm like, I can't, I don't know his fucking last name. <laughs> Do, have I ever like, known anybody like, I don't know his last name. I don't know his last name. Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't know it. And then I didn't want to even, and if I did, I would have even said it. You know what I'm saying? Cause yeah. I, I just knew I was fucked. You know, so like they're talking to him and I see that they let him go. Okay. So then the other cop comes over to me and he's like, uh, and he didn't say anything about, about me or anything like that. I know that he was just saying, I'm going to the hospital or yeah. like whatever. So he was asking me, like, you know, what, uh, you know, what are you doing down here? He's like, we have to do a search, all this stuff. He's like, do you consent to a search? And in my head, I, I was like, at first, I was like, why do you have to search me? He's like, he's like, we know you have shit on you, dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? They're like pushing, they're pushing. Yeah. And I knew do I didn't Do you think have, it was because they knew who the other, who the dealer was? I think that's what it was. But I knew I didn't have, I thought I didn't have anything mm-hmm. on me. And when they searched me, they found, uh, I had one in my pocket. One pill from like another time in my pocket that gave them consent to search consen- the car. oh to search th- well not really i don't think because i like i'm well, trying to remember the, yeah the front seat mm-hmm. had the count when i got out yeah they had it they f- they fell out of like my jacket pocket so they were in like a uh like a um paper towel <laughs> and they were all like on the seat so they they send me to jail mm-hmm. right and this was like my second offense so i couldn't really like get any i can get out mm-hmm. like i had you know a tough time like getting out like i had a, you know that was that was fun so i was there for the whole weekend because that was a s- friday oh yeah no you're fucked then you're yeah. in there for the whole weekend I was there for the whole weekend and then um when i got out i had to go get my car from the impound and luckily this is what these guys did i pick up my car from the impound mm-hmm. they had they they took those pills and they put them in my console and they only charged me for two because I would have been gone for a long time. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, especially in a fucking paper towel. <laughs> but they, you know, because in the when I was in the cop car with them, you know, they were asking me, "Hey, do you?" Have, they, they, I remember they were like, "Do you have a problem?" And so, so, so on and so forth. I mean, because you know, I, I was from the suburbs. You know, yeah. what I'm saying? I was in the city. Who knows? You never know who knows who. Who Buffalo's a small town. Mm-hmm. So I remember, you know, when I went to court for all that stuff, and I was court ordered in rehab and shit like that. Like that was very like I remember running into that cop. Oh, again? And yeah, and he was he came because he came to he came to the court court dates. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, "Hey, are you gonna, are you going into the program?" And I was like, "Yeah, I am," but I didn't take it seriously for the first year. I yeah, kept fucking up, <laughs> I fucked up so much. I remember I had a dirty urine one time, and my counselor was like, "Well, Brandon, you tested positive for cocaine." <laughs> You're like, like, "Yeah, I did." And I go, "But I'm not here for cocaine." <laughs> and she goes, "Say that again, say that again." You, I, she's like, I remember that was like around like 
That was around the holidays. That's a classic line. I'm, but I'm not here. I for said, but I'm not here for cocaine. <laughs> typical addict. Yeah, typical, right? <laughs> and she was like, "I can send you to an inpatient rehab because I was doing outpatient at first. Oh, okay. She's like, "I can send you to inpatient right now. You'd miss the holidays." She's like, "Are you gonna fucking turn your shit around?" Mm-hmm. And I took it seriously then for a while. Like yeah. I, I was like, "I have to," because like you know, when somebody jail money, jail money. Reality, reality starts, starts to set in and then I took it seriously for a while and then I got you know I had like I think nine months of sobriety under my belt at that point got got involved in a relationship with a great person mm-hmm. and then I was still drinking socially though okay and we just ended up I think we had an argument one time this is like fast forward like a year got an argument one time we were both hung over nothing major just like where she was like she left in the middle of the night, like, and I was like cleaning. I was cl- doing some cleaning, and I remember I was cleaning out my closet, and I found a pill in one of my old jackets. Oh, dun dun! And it exactly, <laughs> and I was like, mm. "You're I sad." Just, I just took it. Yeah. Didn't even, yeah, I just took didn't it. Didn't even think about it. And then what ends up happening is I took it. And I was like, mm. "In your mind, you're like, it's like almost like that little voice is like, no one knows." Yeah. Because you think like, are they gonna find out? Like, mm-hmm. no one knows. Yeah. And then it just starts to fester, and I was like, and within like months. I was like back into it. And it's scarier when everybody knew you were sober and you're trying to hide it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I was like, you know, okay, I got to get more and I got to like hide the money that I'm using. So I got to steal money so I can, so no one can see that it's coming from my account. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because my father was watching my account the first because you lose trust from everybody. Yeah, yeah. So that happened. And then that, that, that was more, and she knew. Like, I think it was maybe like six months down the road. She was like, I know you're fucking using. I know you are. And if you don't get help, I'm gone. And the hardest thing to admit is a relapse. Yeah. That was the hardest Because you thing. feel like a failure. Yeah. And then you like. You let everybody down, mm-hmm. you know. But you let yourself down more, right. too. But you don't realize that until you get yeah. sober again. <laughs> I had a great counselor, though. I had a great a great uh, therapist, I should say, that I've seen. I've been see- I still see him till this day. Like, I'll call him every once in a while when mm-hmm. I'm going through some shit. And he, he was like, hey, he's like, you have uh, 80% of sobriety is relapse. Like mm-hmm. 80%. Is, so it's part of it, you know, just as long as you bounce back and so on and so forth. And uh, I remember going to see him and he's like, well, I can prescribe you something that's going to help you with the d- withdraw symptoms. He's like, because they're not going to be good. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want it. Yeah. It's just, just cold so turkey. Done, I was so done taking things, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I didn't have. I think it t- the first three weeks that was awful, yeah, just physically awful. Like I well, didn't you sleep. yeah, you get physically ill. Didn't sleep. I went to the gym every single day though. That probably helped a little bit, I would think. Yeah, it did, but I couldn't sleep at night. Yeah. That was the worst. And like mental cloud, mental fog, that was awful. Yeah, and I, I think it, it, I would say, I was like, well, how long did it take you to like feel normal? I would say probably about like three months of like nothing in your system. Before you were like a hundred percent like back to normal, like just totally sober. That was one of the other reasons why I never got into downers too, is because I've seen because my dad was big, like he liked crack and he liked heroin, Mm -hmm. and so I would see him come down from from like coke or you know the uppers compared to when he would come down, you know, off of the downers. Because sometimes he would just he would stop using just so he could clean out his system so when he used again he could actually get high type yeah. of like he's one of those type <laughs> of, of addicts wow. so yeah like the the withdrawals from the heroin were always way more gnarly than the oh ones from God. like cocaine or even crack yeah and it's just like ew it's, yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing you realize too like when like it's not partying anymore yeah you know, like when you're like using by yourself, like then and you that's <laughs> what I, I did. A, there was a lot of that. I OD'd once by yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, luckily, I had a roommate at the time and he was uh, um, he sold on the side and shit. And I remember like we were just par- partying mm-hmm. uh, during the day kind of thing. It was like a, like a Saturday mm-hmm. and he was like out with his girlfriend. And I was home and like I my favorite thing to do is just get fucked up and play video games. <laughs> <laughs> and like I'm doing lines of coke, I'm doing fuck, and I'm doing fucking uh, oxys, and I just remember like I'm like oh my, like I had that like one moment where I'm like I just did too much. Oh okay. Yeah, and yeah, my yeah. heart started racing. Doing that little papatel or whatever they're called. <laughs> heart started racing, and I remember I like okay, I was doing coke, I was doing oxy, I was doing all this stuff, so I was like fucked up, and I couldn't keep my eyes open. I kept like nodding off, and I was like, 
you have to stay awake, you have to stay awake. And then the next thing I remember, I was in an ambulance. Oh, no. Well, yeah. at least your roommate called. He was ho- He came home during the midst of it. Oh, and saw? Yeah, he called. Yeah. So they, they called the ambulance, and then I was in there. I was in the hospital for like a day or two days. Oh, my God. I've never, I never had that ha- happen where I've had to go to the hospital. But I used to carry around, like I carried around a bullet that had cocaine and a little mm-hmm. bit of meth in it. And then I had another bullet that had crushed up Klonopin. Oh, shit. And that my dad would give me. So if I got too jacked, I would do a little bit of Klonopin. Yeah. But, but I never like did like full lines. Not on purpose, at least. The first couple times I ever tried heroin, it's because I thought it was cocaine. And <laughs> I was always super jacked from cocaine doing a line of heroin. Yeah. I was like, wee! I did that to my buddy on accident once. <laughs> I wish he was here to tell the story because he still fucking gives it to me about it. Because I did the same thing. That's I would, terrifying. I had, yeah. I had a bag of you know a bag of coke that everybody would you know would do it. We would all do it, and then I had my own bag that I crushed up a pill or heroin, mixed it with the mm-hmm. coke, and we were at it was a late house party at my house. Like there's like six people over there after we're already bartended all night and yeah. home. And he's like, hey, do you got anything? Like, whatever. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll grab you some. And I went and I grabbed the wrong bag. Oh, And no. I gave him some. And I remember him sitting there. Like, he's talking. He's like, what did you give me? <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. I was like, no, nah, you're fine. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're good. I'm like, just roll with it, man. Like, you're going to be fine. And then yeah. I think he was, like, scared because he, like, didn't know how he, like, what I gave him. Yeah. And then I think, like, the next day I was, like, talked to him. I was like, dude, I could have killed you. You know? Yeah, especially I <laughs> sorry. Was, I was always worried about people like having seizures or um like I've seen a bunch of people like fish out off of um off of just doing fucking like nitrous, you know, yeah. at raves and oh, stuff yeah. like that, which is always We did like, those too. Whippets are so whippets. God. That's I so love crazy. whippets. Oh my god. Yeah, we used to do those I remember we did those uh driving one time. Yeah. Oh yeah. So stupid. Which is really stupid. That's so actually dumb. Don't do that. I don't America. recommend yeah, that's one thing that I don't would not do try. Because I did try it and I was like, no, probably not a good idea to do this <laughs> while driving. <No. laughs> Especially like you have like if you have like one of those like uh whipped cream canister yeah, kind of yeah. kind of things. The, 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 we the just cr- call it the, the cracker. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We, um, we broke mine. Well, it's not, but like the little pin that yeah. is in it, like we, we wore it down on it. Using it so much? Yeah, this past, um, the last time we, I used it was on New Year's. <laughs> And we were like, we we're like, what's the matter with this? And it's like, oh, the pin is down. I still have like some canisters. I said, th- think I have like ten canisters oh. left, but I threw away the cracker. I'm like, I am too old to be doing whippets. Oh my god. God damn it. But I mean, yeah, I can't. I I must have been sixteen years old. Oh, when he first, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was 17? pretty young when we tried That's so that. So crazy. Like, we would literally just, like, go to the store. Well, we tried, like, whipped cream, but we also would get, um, like, Glade air freshener, like the vanilla or cinnamon, and and then uh, we put um, a washcloth over it so we wouldn't get the stuff in our mouth, and then we would do it. I remember it. That's the crazy thing. Like, so you're describing all of that, right? Yeah. Like, how, like, you would use it, and I tell, like... That's how it is for an addict. Yeah. Like, you romance the process. Mm -hmm. Like, everyone always says, like, you know, like, uh, you know, you see needles, you see spoons, you see all that stuff. Like in like even if you're not shooting things up, like I mean, I had like my bags of whatever I had. Mm-hmm. I had them like neatly put. It's almost like an OCD type of thing, because like and when you be, that actually it becomes a part of your routine, right? That actually helps you like when you become sober. They kind of gear you towards like that type of like planning. Like okay, okay. So if you're gonna be sober, like what is you what's your plan for your day? Like mm-hmm. what are you gonna do when you wake up? What are you going to do midday? What are you going to do during downtime? And mm-hmm. you start to like, I mean, there's definitely different level, unhealthy levels of that. Oh, yeah, 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 and for sure. The good thing about me is like I never really took it to that extreme. Like there's things that everybody does that are fucking OCD. You know what I'm saying? I think everybody has some sort of, whether it be messy, clean, whatever. It yeah. Is. So like I, but I realize like okay like i used to romance like this now i'm start, i had to start romancing like healthy things yeah yeah like going like have a regular schedule yeah. at the gym kind of yeah, thing yeah. yeah i remember eating cooking same yeah, yeah yeah like i definitely like i cook more of my own meals right. yeah because after quarantine because like during quarantine i felt like i was in my 20s again where i was like in my 20s sure. i used a shitload and then i'm like 
this is too much. So I'm like, I need to get back to the like the healthy where I'm cooking my own meals yep. where I can only have like one or two drinks or no drinks when I go out, which yeah, is like yeah. I was able to do before <laughs> quarantine. Yeah, quarantine wasn't really like I don't I know. I know a lot of people yeah. that I, mean, I lost a friend that relapsed during quarantine because I, I saw how tough it could be. Yeah. Luckily for me, like I have a roommate that's great. You know what I mean? Like he's mm -hmm. a comic, so we we did some creative things. Nice. Uh, you know, with with you know, uh, video podcasting and stuff like that. So that helped out. But like, it was a it was a dangerous. I mean, for, my family was worried. They're like, "Yo, like, shit, what are you what doing? Are you doing? Yeah. You know, because my sister's like, I'm drinking fucking two bottles of wine tonight. <laughs> like, what are you, are you doing? doing? You know right? what I mean? And I'm like, Oh, I'm just cooking and running. And she's like, All right, well, how fucking long are you gonna be doing that for? Yeah, you know? like, how long is that gonna but last? But I was okay. Like, I, I, I think like, it was a good. Uh, I mean, kind. I hate using the term it was like a perfect storm for me actually. I mean, because that's like I, I moved here. I mean, you remember when I moved here? Mm -hmm. Like that was like early 2019. Like. COVID happened about eight months after I got here. Yeah, so you weren't even here then. So, like, I, t I bought a bike. I was able to, like, learn the city. Oh, that's rode great. Rode around with, like, no traffic. Yeah, now that's actually probably yeah. the best. Well, yeah, now it's <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> now it's terrifying to ride your bike. But so I kind of, like, benefited off that a little bit. But, like, I could see, like, if it happened again, like, that lockdown. You'd be a little I'd scared. be like, yeah, like, this is, like, you know, because, I mean, like, closing gyms and stuff like that. That was, like, my livelihood. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I have to work out. I have to do something. I have to. Is that one of the things? Because I know, because an addict's brain, like, it never stops being an addict's brain. True. Like, a lot of times some people just transfer yeah. the one addiction for another. Like Sneakers for me. Sneakers. So, oh, so shopping. Because shopping's actually technically an addiction. Shopping and gambling. I saw it. At one point, maybe <laughs> Phil will probably tell you about this because every time he sees me, he's like, every time I see you, you have a new fucking pair of sneakers, bro. <laughs> and it's he's he's kind of right in a way yeah, because it's yeah. a little bit of a it's my thing. Like yeah, I would have okay. to say, it's like it's my thing. And like I definitely am self-aware to when things go like when that behavior goes into things. Okay. So maybe with all my therapy and all the work that I've done in my my life my sober life mm -hmm. i see sometimes when it's like i'm like okay like just chill the fuck out like i'll see in my mind where i'm like okay well like i need a color to match this pair of pants i have <laughs> and i'm like all right just chill the fuck out like i'll right. have to just like stop <laughs> but you like know you I've, can stop yourself with the shopping like yeah that's i could stop myself with the control. shopping the drugs are were different because it was like a it was covering up stuff covering up like feelings you didn't want to deal exactly. with exactly and, and i've like dealt that. with it like i mean I had a relationship in 2018. That was the first relationship I ever had sober. Okay. Oh, how was that? It was fucking awful. <laughs> it was horrible. It was toxic. It was bad. It was, you know, it was, to I didn't know how to, you don't, you don't realize that you're almost like, uh, being sober is like almost like a rebirth. You know what I mean? I like you're like that. an infant in a grown person's body yeah. and like dealing with like feelings and emotions and shit like that. Like. Before I'd be like, I get in an argument, you're like, oh, I'm just gonna go get fucked up, and then yeah. let things calm down, and that's it, you know. Yeah. But no, when you're sober, you're like, we have to fix this now, right now, this toxic relation. <laughs> and then being with someone that really, it's on, you know, looking back, it's like harder on them too because they don't know. Yeah. They're like, am I gonna be responsible for this person relapsing? Where uh, was the person sober? Was she sober? No. no. Oh. No. Have you, <laughs> that's got, is that weird dating? Like, do you think you could date someone who's not sober? Uh, I could date somebody that like drinks. Like drinking doesn't bother me. Like yeah. that's a, that, like, you know, everyone's like, oh, you're a comic and you're always around alcohol. You're always around people using drugs. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm like, I've done enough work in my life where it's like not really like. A thing. Like, like you don't have FOMO, like if you're yeah, missing out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, especially I mean, if you see how retarded most of us Right. I always tell people, like, if I'm going to relapse, it's not going to be in this fucking place. <laughs> With a f with a fucking Miller Lite, like you know what I mean? Like it's gonna be like it's gonna be way cooler. Right, right. It's gonna be a way cooler story like in than Belize this. Belize on a boat or yeah, something. Exactly. I wanna, yeah, I'll do it the right way. But uh, no, I just I th she was uh, she was young. She was you know I was thirty seven. She was twenty four, twenty five. Okay. And like I mean at the time, like I think you know it was really she like, was hot. Yeah, of course. <laughs> At the time, I was putting a lot on her because it's like, you know, you should understand and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, looking back, I'm like, yo. Her brain wasn't was, even fully developed. I was 24, 25 at one point. Like, I did the same shit to the person I was dating at that age. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, you, you, the, the healing process and everything allows you to, like, 
forgive and like understand those things but like at this day i i I mean, when you get older, you know what you want. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't yeah. want to. I would never date somebody that uses drugs. What about weed? Marijuana doesn't bother me. Yeah, yeah marijuana. I like. I actually like when people are stoned around me. I love it because like, I because like, they're just chill. Makes me feel like I'm on the like. I try and get on their level, like humor wise. Got it. Yeah. You just know, like, like that stupid silly stuff. Because yeah, when yeah. I'm stoned, like I laugh at the dumbest things. Right. Right. <laughs> just the stupidest like, yeah, thing. Like, I do. Everyone's like, well, do you ever think you could smoke weed again? And I was like, mm, no, I just don't go down that path because it, the romancing thing of it. Yeah. Like if I yeah. started romancing this and thinking like, oh, now every time I get on stage, I got to be high. Or now every time I write, I have to be high. It's, it's called romancing the stone. Yes, exactly. Look at that. We just came up with something <laughs> amazing. It's a great movie, too. It is a good movie. <laughs> But I just don't think I would go down that path. Yeah, that is a slippery slope. Well, I think in California, they call it like California sobers, where yeah. they don't drink, but then they smoke weed. Right, right. Yeah, I've heard it. That's like Vegas sobers, they just do meth, they don't drink. Yeah. <laughs> but people drinking doesn't bother me. I, I yeah. understand not everyone's an addict. Yeah, you know I mean? and I people know how to control themselves. I yeah. people use drugs recreationally. Mm-hmm. I've seen friends of mine that are able to use recreationally. It, that's just not me yeah but in a relationship like i just i mean i don't know i just don't want to be with someone that that uses drugs that you know makes what I'm sense. Like yeah it's, it's not something that, that i want like if it's something that was like a you know part of their past or something that it's not none of my business yeah but you know like a regular like oh i gotta go out and get fucked up and do blow like that's just not for me no that makes sense and it's also like that could be bad for you and your yeah. sobriety like i always thought like i wanted to make a dating app called bender so you could find people who use the same drugs as you because <laughs> i made the mistake when i really like cocaine of dating someone who really liked ketamine right and that was just a bad relationship that sounds like a bad mix super bad mix but you yeah. we should come up with a sober dating is there Ooh. a sober dating app probably i'm not a big dating app I'm too famous. No, I just <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Like literally, I like I'd be on a week and someone would recognize me. Oh and yeah, I'm sure. I'm it's sure. super weird. I did go on a date though once. I went on my first online. Like I think it was was no, it wasn't Tinder. Uh, Hinge maybe yeah, one of like them. Or no, OK Cupid. Cadillac of the apps. Yeah, it was OK Cupid actually. Mm. Um, it was a nice guy. Like we got along great. Like I could see us being buddies. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and yeah. I was just like not attractive yeah i can't date I just, people off of ass i did them for a while mm-hmm. i did them for a while and then it got to a point where i don't know like i think when i did them it was always at like where i was like at the beginning of like being single and i'm like all right like i maybe like everybody like you need validation for a void a little bit of a rebound fill, rebound type thing. stuff and i'm not taking it seriously and women have it much harder on dating apps than men you know what i'm saying like they're you know it, as far as like even like fear factor of like meeting somebody you don't know like you know what i'm saying like i sometimes like i carry knives when i'm not even meeting people yeah. <laughs> in buffalo it's different because it's a small town people there's always like you know and someone six, knows somebody six degrees of separation in buffalo it's two yeah you know what I mean? like oh yeah like we know you and like i was doing comedy there so like kind of a lot of people knew of me too but mm-hmm. like when you come here it's like you don't know somebody like if you're living a story in queens like where i live and then mm-hmm. you want to meet somebody that lives in like you know upper east side like they're like we well, you know i don't know who you are it's like, literally life light light years away yeah it's, it's crazy <laughs> dating outside your borough is like so tough that's <laughs> i don't <laughs> think i could it's so tough it's really is like i even when i lived in brooklyn like it, with comedy like i'm hardly unless i'm getting paid to like go out to brooklyn right. like i don't go even when i lived in brooklyn though i hardly did anything right. In Brooklyn. But yeah, even dating someone like on the lower east side, I'm like, Ugh, that's a ways away. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, it, since I've been doing comedy like full time, like down in the when I'm in the village, like mm-hmm. that's almost like my second home. Yeah. So I've opened myself up to meeting because I got like kill two birds with one stone. If I yeah. show up, meet early or whatever. But I don't know. The dating apps is just like the lowest form of communication. Well, all of, like social media in general, like you miss yeah. context. You miss like I need like those like micro expressions because yeah. I read all that stuff yes. body like I'm a big person yes. on that like I have Absolutely. to have that tone of voice yep like like that's why a lot of the sarcasm yeah everyone okay. expects to be blown off their feet with the first line of like introduction it's so I got to a point where like I was doing I was like hey what's up hey what's up hey what's up you know what I'm saying because yeah. I just don't want I I'm just like google me to come up with something fucking new like you know what I mean I know it sounds people are going to be watching this and like wow what a fucking asshole <laughs> It gets to be exhausting. And oh, it, yeah. I it can happened imagine. more during quarantine. 
Oh, well, yeah, because everyone's like, do I because everyone's horny and they all want to meet up with people. But they're like, like before, they're just worried about like STDs and now like STDs and fucking COVID. COVID, Yeah, right. (laughs) I was just sitting in their beds fingering themselves. It was like, yeah, we got to do something. Let's get the bullshit lines out of the way and get to the nudes. You know what I mean? That's kind of what everyone was doing. Yeah. Like everyone. Yeah. A lot of boundaries were taken down. It was a good it was a good time for solicited dick. pics. Like it was it was it was the peak time for solicited dick <laughs> i actually started talking to a dude who had a girlfriend i didn't even care i'm like fuck <laughs> it this is just who i'm gonna be just yeah. I'm, I'm like when quarantine's Whatever. over this will end like year and a half later finally we yeah it was a funny time because it's like i even still like stayed friends with a lot of those people that i met yeah like you know online like through dating apps and stuff like that and it's like you see how they've progressed in their dating life mm-hmm. and like it's just it's funny to some people are like, married now. it's like hey remember what we used to do like right. it, we had like a routine of s- snapchat sex like every fucking morning, like when we would wake up, <laughs> be like, like, Here you snapped go. Like our life is really fucking weird right now. Like it's crazy. Yeah, especially well, Snapchat too. Just using Snapchat. <laughs> well, because the pictures disappear, which I respect and right. I like that. Yeah, I don't really like obviously because I'm naked online all over the place. Yep. So it's like, and I only send like I don't send like recycled pictures to dudes. So if I send one picture to one dude and somehow. It ends up somewhere. I know who. You know who did I it. I know who posted True. it. Kind of thing. So I'm smart with that, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fuck around. Some people like to. Um, some people like to. Uh, it's like the same thing with. Um, with like exercising and stuff with, with the addiction, some people will use sex and stuff like that sure. as a clutch or dating in general. Just because yeah. everyone loves like the butterflies and stuff in the beginning of oh, when you first yeah. like that's the best part about like meeting someone new. And sure. some people want that feeling over, over, and, over and over, and over again. Yeah. <laughs> again. Yeah, you got to be careful. I mean, like there's tons of things. I mean, dating sober is hard. Yeah, I've realized that. Like, I mean, I think I I, I don't want to say like. Because you should put your sobriety on a pedestal. Like, because if you don't have it, you don't have anything. Yeah. You know? But, like, I think... You should also be proud of it. Sure. Yeah, Yeah, of course. I think... But looking back, like, maybe, like, two or three years in, uh, maybe this is kind of just in coordination with the situation I was in with that... With the girl I dated at the Mm -hmm. time. But, like, it was, like, maybe... It became, like, the elephant in the room all the time. God. You know? Instead of now, it's like, hey, like... When I meet somebody now, and I don't want to say I don't care because, like, I'm, like, some cocky asshole. That's not what I mean. But, like, mm-hmm. I don't care about, like, being, you know, when I'm telling somebody, like, hey, I, by the way, I don't drink or stuff. Like, I, if you don't, if you either don't mind or it's a problem, like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's something where it's, like, I'll tell you early. You know what I mean? Because you have to tell them early. Because if you go on a first date with somebody, and like, oh, why aren't you drinking? And then you're like, oh, I don't drink. And they're like, oh, why? Is it like, because you do like a dry January or whatever? Yeah, and I'm like, like no, that. I don't. Because I used to be addicted to heroin and cocaine. <laughs> and, and it's like, like, what the fuck did you make me come here for? You yeah, know what I'm saying? Like, like there's that a lot of people blank. that aren't into it. Dating, that's one of the things that I find most difficult about dating. is because like, I want to be honest and upfront sure. about everything. But at the same time, like you have to have boundaries. And yep. But like w- with especially with us, like just being online with our jobs, but me, especially with the porn stuff, like, yeah, they could see so much. And it's like, like, do I just go ahead and just tell them everything right up front or do sure. I let like you do it off? Because you don't want to be like maybe, you know, like a month in and yeah. all of a sudden be like, oh, well, you never told me that. Yeah. It's like. You lied to me. It'd be like, no, I didn't lie to you. I just didn't. I'm trying to figure out the right Right time time. to when to tell you something like this. And also, that's why I like dating people who already know I've done porn and don't give a shit. It's a little bit easier. Then I get into the whole, like, if it's meant to be, they'll understand. Oh, you're like, oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> but then like, 10 yeah. minutes later, I'm like, fuck that. Right? You yeah. Know? You know, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Like, I get that way sometimes. Like, you think about situations. Like, you know, if, if it's a situation that's meant for you kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like the spir- everyone's got some sort of spiritual side. You'll think like, oh, you know, if it's meant to be, like, if things are going to happen the way that they're going to happen, then that... Uh, all that stuff will work itself out. Yeah, like you, know? you can't force or control other people or situations right. to yeah. how you want them, even though I try Plus, constantly. if someone doesn't want to get to know you beyond that, your past, yeah. fuck them. Then they're probably then not for you. Then they shouldn't be in your life anyways, yeah. right? Yeah. 
Which is something but that... But we all um, want certain things, and it's annoying when, like, you want yeah. something that you... Especially people, like, want people... Yeah. I've always... That's my toxic trait, is wanting people that I shouldn't uh, want. Because yeah. <laughs> okay. I like that challenge. Yeah, well, everyone likes, like, fucking red flag. Yeah, right? literally. Like, Did you see my new boring. tattoo? Oh, shit, I love that. Yeah, so I should get that, too. Uh, so when I wave, I just could wave my red flag? Yeah, should we should get them all up our fucking arm. <laughs> just, like, one after every breakup. Yeah, I'm right. Tattoos are something that, like, I gravitated towards, too. Yeah, that's it's another a, uh, thing. I've um, realized that it's something that's a very, like, um, coping type of pain. Like, hey, I just went through this situation and it really fucking bothered me. And I would like to get a tattoo. And I would like to fucking, you know, remind myself of what I was in when I got this kind of thing. So it became, you know, however, though, I'll always be. It's not something where I'm like, I'll go just get like a random tattoo. It's always something maybe I like thought about like getting at some point. I'm like, I'm going to Like do they this have now. meaning and stuff oh, yeah. like that. Yeah, exactly. Like the uh, meaning or like it's something It's like a roadmap of my life. Like mm-hmm. this is something that like I want, you know that I, you know, remember where I came from. Like, because 90% of my tattoos have the same type of meaning. It's happy, sad, comedy, drama, tragedy. Yeah, (laughs) same, same. (laughs) Or just had a best friend who worked at a tattoo parlor in Those are the most fun ones. Yeah. Well, now my best friend, she actually does tattoos, and now I have a nutsack tattooed on my thumb. So when we shake hands, it's a full day. I saw it. I love it, though. Yeah. No, it's it's a great tattoo, but at the same time, I'm like, I have balls tattooed on my thumb. I have a tattoo on my middle finger that says, always be delicious. I love that. Is that the thing? No, it's no. not. It was like a way of life for me and my friends when we were younger. I like that. I have um the acronym for shut the fuck up. See? It's just something fun. Like the the ones yeah. that are weird are like the most fun, right? Yeah. I've never, because I've seen, I saw one of the girls, she had like the shh, and I thought that was really cute, but That's I'm cool. like, I'm not a shh kind of girl. You're like a shut the fuck up. I'm like a shut the fuck up kind of girl. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I got I like that. that better. Way like better, that. right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's got to be tailored to you. Like, yeah, that's another thing, yeah. I couldn't stand people that went and got tattoos that were, like, trendy, you know? Like my L.A. Dodgers? Oh, I think we all have one. If if you lived in L.A. We all have one, right? Do you? <laughs> the trendy tattoo? <laughs> well, I also have the Brewers and the Mets, so it was like, they it went along with something, but yeah, I ended up getting my L.A. tattoo. Um, I think I only lived in L.A. for maybe six months. It was because my one of my best friends, he was the manager of a tattoo um, shop, and he has the exact same tattoos. They're on different ankles, though. But I was like, yeah, let's get it. Let's I'll get, get it. the Brewers, and then and then some guy I was working with, he's like, you lived here six months, and you already have the Dodgers. <laughs> and I'm like, but I also have. But I also have this. It's not and then he just oh he ripped me apart. It was hilarious. <laughs> I lived in LA for two years too. And did you get the LA Dodgers? No. <coughs> oh, you I made it out. It. <laughs> I thought about I thought about it at one time. It's I was a like, thing. I'll just get a T-shirt. You know, I'll just have a T-shirt. That's smart. <laughs> the best drugs were in LA though. <gasps> That's I never did cocaine. I did cocaine like twice when I lived in LA because I didn't want to be that porn star that was all fucked up on drugs. Like I drank and stuff, but I was really like conscious. Like I didn't start really doing cocaine again until I moved to New York and started doing comedy. Like welcome Welcome back. And it is that like, that's the thing that I have a lot of issues with is cocaine. So like, I'm always like, it's an easy one to, to bit fall, especially to in fall comedy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm like maybe sure. once a month now. I'm like that's what I give myself, just because I'm like I don't know, because it's around all the time and the <laughs> way my brain is and uh, some of my fucking friends. I'm like fuck. <laughs> People, places, and things. <laughs> that's horrible. exactly what we're talking about. That's the first thing they tell you in rehab. People, places, places and, and things. things. Change it. And that's what's so hard for everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's understandable why it's hard for everybody. I mean, I have people reach out to me all the time being like, hey, listen, I got some. I, do you think and should I this? And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, hey, if you're reaching out to somebody that you know is sober and you think that you have an issue, you have a problem. Yeah. How Now, I'm not saying it's like on a certain level, but I always tell people there's like levels to this shit. You know what I mean? Like you can start off this way and then you start to like be in a pattern. Then the next level is this. Then you get fired from your job. Then mm-hmm. you're fucking, you know, because I tell people. Then the you're guy, sucking dick on the corner. <laughs> yeah. I said the guy that's living under a bridge, homeless, like that. that's not where he started his yeah. life. You know, at one point he had a career, he something, you know, family, he was, family. Yeah. He was loved. Like, but that's the 
you know, that might not even be the end point for that, but death is the end point, you know, and uh, or jail. Yeah. <laughs> and I tell people like, you know, if you're reaching out, you know, that I'll tell like, I used to want to be Superman. I used to want to help everybody and be yeah. like, this is what you got to do. This is what worked for me. But, but not everybody's different. You yeah. Know? And I tell people, like, reach out to someone that you can talk to, you know, say, hey, you know, do I say, do you have health insurance? And if they do, I say, look for a therapist and try and start to see a therapist. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that I hear from people like, well, will I have to stop drinking? Or And I'm like, listen, just <laughs> you got to take baby steps. Like yeah. putting pressure on yourself like that. Like, oh, my God, because it's the lifestyle change. Like that's the hardest. I part, don't want to yeah. change the people I know. I don't want to change love the people my friends I know. And yeah. yeah. And I tell people all the time, like, listen, like, don't concern yourself with that so much right now, because if they're your friends, they'll understand. Yeah, they're really men. You know, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, I look back on the people I was hanging out with back then and like 90 percent of those people weren't friends. Oh, yeah. They were just like the acquaintances or drug friends. I just drug friends. Yeah, Yeah. I just call them my drug buddies because that's all we did together. We had so much fun when we did drugs together. It's better having drug friends when you're sober, though. Yeah, (laughs) I have a lot of them now. Like I have a lot of guys that are friends with that are drug addicts and like. I'm like, I love these guys. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I'm like, how fucked up are you right now? Like, yeah. I want to know. Like, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of. Do you ever, like, try to, like, live vicariously through them, maybe? I get. It, like, when I see somebody hammered mm-hmm. or, like, or, like, a certain level of drunk, like, it's funny because everyone's like, how do you deal with this shit? How do you sit around people that are all fucked up? And I'm like, well, to be honest with you, at the end of my fucking drug using life like mm-hmm. when i was like in the you know heart, heart of it i didn't want to be around these fucking type of people anyways because they were annoying to me then yeah you know what i mean so <laughs> it's like so now it's just like i i see like i, I leave after i do my shows and stuff like that and like people I, your patience level maybe gets a little bit like thinner i get that like yeah but like uh i think that i don't know people don't i don't see I don't live vicariously through it. Like the only I cannot be around somebody that's nodding off on. on yeah, heroin. that's. That, I mean, that, that bugs me even sober or fucked up. I'm like, you're not. Yeah, not I've seen some people OD down in the village down there. Like, oh yeah, over, no, over that's... the summer, and I know that that's what they're fucked up on, and it's hard, it's hard for me to watch that because yeah. I was there. Yeah, there's certain movies I can't watch. Um, I remember like it was what summertime. It was like yeah, this past summer it was like 90 degree day, and some dude was like fucking. Not an off in the corner, like right next to the pair. Mm-hmm. And I was like, someone's got to watch the door. I just didn't want to watch that. Yeah, you could. Because I could just tell. I know you remember how that felt. Mm-hmm. You remember all that stuff. Then yeah. he was coming to try and talk to me after. I was like, dude. Dude, you know. don't. There was, um, I've actually, do you remember Blinky? Yeah. He used to twerk I for do, dollars. yeah. yeah. He was, he's actually clean now. Good for him. He's I was raised. just asking about him the other day, too. He's, he was on my podcast. I had him on here. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he lives in Ohio. Oh, he's got a girlfriend. Him. He's got a job. Wow. Yeah, he's doing fucking, he's doing great. I actually, I miss people so much during quarantine that I friend requested, like I added a bunch of people to my Facebook page, and he was one of them. Yeah, I remember, I remember he sent me a friend request, and mm-hmm. I was like, this is crazy that there's this homeless guy has facebook like because he was you know he was always down in the village Mm -hmm. and like we would talk and he was you know like back to my point like Mm -hmm. somewhere they have a past yeah not everyone's you know just born a homeless person you know what i'm saying or born an addict no he chose he chose that lifestyle that chose it you Mm -hmm. choose it you 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 know it is a mental health disease at some level where you can't help family whatever you know brought him to that point but that's great to know that he's doing well because i was actually just talking to his friend mm-hmm. remember his friend that is in the wheelchair he has the tattoos on his face yes he wasn't name. always in a wheelchair i forgot just his name recently too, but um he back. had the dog his dog died <gasps> oh yeah because i haven't really been in the village that much and then yeah i saw him the other night in a wheelchair and stuff like that he just knows me like i always give him like five ten bucks whenever he I see him. inspired one of my tattoos Really? Because I was talking to him about something that I wanted to get, and he's like, oh, like this? And he showed me something, and I was like, not like that, but not that, but like, yes, that idea. Yeah. That design and everything like that. And it was this. Oh, the tattered heart. Yeah. I have that, uh, something similar on the inside of my arm. So, 
I was really uh, impressed when 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 he showed me that work because I was like, wow, that's really like he had something. He didn't have that like the knife of the heart or anything, but he had like he had scissors and it was like around like a colored version of the heart. And I was yeah. like, that's what I want to do. And he's like, yeah, this and so nice. Like, yeah, mine's like I'll show you, but it's like a cartoon um, kind of heart. I got my idea from an Incubus music video oh. where it was like a pounding heart and it had like like stakes or something through it i'm like that would be a cool tattoo and my buddy nick he's like yeah on the inside of your left arm and then i got it that's how yeah. sometimes tattoos that's how they that's come how the about. ideas come about <laughs> um so where can people find you online social medias and stuff yeah i'm, a, I'm on instagram more often than than anything uh it's at my at brandon trusso and then my twitter is at brandon trusso and then my uh facebook is brandon trusso i'd like to keep it simple yeah no that makes sense you know and then um, it's good that you got to have all of those as well you didn't need the Brandon Trusso like I right. have to have on it. Brandon Trusso. I hate if there was an underscore that needed to happen, I would be furious. Oh, God. Yeah, I had to do that for my first Twitter account because th- there's like cyber squatters. So, like, they'll take like handles. So, Adelia Janine on Twitter is totally gone. And then the Instagram, I used to have it, but then when I close down that account, like, I can't get it anymore. So now it's Leah Dodgeny. Yeah, no, it's fucking, it's a pain it's in pain the ass. ass. So um, on Instagram, you're always at the pair, right? Always at the pair. I run the Tuesday 8 p.m. and the Wednesday midnight shows there. It's like the Lights Out Comedy Showcase. Nice. Very fun. we have fun. to get you on yes. one soon. Very excited. Yeah, I'll be back at the pair in March. Can yeah. I apologize? <laughs> That's good. I'm glad you're back. <laughs> apologize. He wanted to. It was a mutual apology. Um, you can find this wonderful podcast, obviously, where you can find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, it- um, iTunes, and Apple are the same thing. Um, iHeartRadio, um, right. Audible, Amazon, obviously. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at How to Do Drugs Pod. You can find me, the Aaliyah Janine, on Twitter and Aaliyah.Janine on Instagram. And I have, um, I'm having Jawbreakers, me and Jack Stello. So we're having Jawbreakers come back at the stand starting Ooh, cool. in April. Um, we finally got like a set date. So it's going to be. Um, because after quarantine, like the dates have been like all over. So it's yeah. going to be the second Saturday of the month midnight show. Very excited about that. And then also starting in April with Chanel Omari at the comedy shop, it's going to be Zodiac Killers. Look at that. Um, so every month for Zodiac Killers. So April we're starting and that will be Aries. All comics who are Aries. Are you an Aries? No. What are you? Libra. So you're October. Yeah. All right. October first. We'll, all right. We'll get you on in October then. Hell yeah. Zodiac killers. All right. Ooh. Um. That's it. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.